Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, a great joy to be with you on these Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time or whenever you listen or watch. And we are also coming to you right now on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. On this lovely January 25th, the day we remember the conversion of St. Paul, right? St. Paul, uh, on the road to Damascus, meets the Lord. Well, that's a great way to convert. <laughs> Hopefully we're all, we're all there already, but uh, getting ready to meet the Lord eventually, right? <clears throat> face to face. Uh, let's see. Well, today, starting our week together, I'm going to share with you some of our Holy Father's messages from the weekend. Um, he <clears throat> is um, calling for tomorrow, uh, January 26th, a day of peace, a day of prayer for peace in the Ukraine. We know that situation, right? So Holy Father's going to ask us to pray. I'll share those words with you. And then uh, he also spoke about the Word of God on Sunday, the the day that uh, we remember as Word now, uh, Word of God Sunday, that uh, he instituted last year, the year before. So I'll share those words with you. And then um, I never heard of this saint, Saint Francesca Romana, Santa Francesco Romana. Um, Some interesting uh, revelations that uh, I want to share with you via Santa Romana. Um, She lived in the... uh, mid-1400s or early 1400s. But anyway, I'll share some of that with you uh, as well about uh, demons, temptation, heaven, hell, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Always interesting to see what uh, has been revealed to some of the great men and women saints in our church history. But first, we're going to pray, my friends, as always, praying together. We've been praying, and we'll continue to pray this beautiful prayer. I think we'll pray the prayer right up to June, because that's when the a synod of or the um, world meeting of families is uh, going to happen in Rome uh, this coming summer. Uh, so we're praying this prayer of consecration to the Holy Family of Nazareth. I invite you, as I do every day, to raise up your families and consecrate them to the Holy Family uh, through praying this prayer. And uh, we're praying with and for each other. And uh, we'll pray our regular prayers, but let's also remember to pray, as Holy Father's asking us tomorrow especially, to pray for peace in the Ukraine. We know of the threats of war now that are out there, and um, some interesting things going on, right? So we need a lot of prayer. Let's begin, my friends, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And our prayers to St. Michael and to Our Lady. Holy Father has asked us to pray these prayers every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. That, that's his special intention when we pray these prayers. And we've added to that intention to protect our homes, our families, and now our country, especially our country these days, from the attacks of the Prince of Darkness. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, St. Paul, as we remember his wonderful conversion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you so very much for praying together. And uh, boy, oh boy, we need a lot of prayer. You know, the, the world, the country, so many things going on. You know, there's this website called spiritdaily.com. In fact, that's where I'm going to get the information today about uh, uh, St. Santa Francesca Romana. Um, but there's a video on there. from um, it, It's in the Ukraine on the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord, which was a couple of Sundays ago, right? Uh, the Orthodox priest uh, uh, was going into the, the, the liturgy. And all of a sudden, flying into the sanctuary, came this dove. And there's a video of it. And the dove is flying and lands on the top of the mural behind the altar, and it's an image, a painting, of our Lord being baptized. And this dove descended right on top of it. I mean, it couldn't have been queued up any better exactly the way Scripture described uh, the Holy Spirit descending upon him. And then, I don't know if they heard the voice, this is my beloved son, listen to him. 
but it's a, it's a great video, uh, and it's on spiritdaily.com. There's also another video I forgot to check today, but I saw it a couple days ago, of a Russian television newscast. Uh, I don't know what she was saying because it's in Russian, but apparently over Russia there was in the sky uh, just the way the sun and cloud formation was, but it, it's, it's, it's a perfect cross appearing over the horizon in Russia. Now, you know, with all the talk of wars and the threat of threats of wars that we're hearing, and Holy Father now, the Vicar of Christ, calling for us to pray for peace in the Ukraine tomorrow, setting aside tomorrow as a special day of prayer for peace in the Ukraine. So whatever your uh, prayer routine is, and no prayer is just routine, but whatever your prayer, uh, your daily prayer uh situation is. Please remember, as Holy Father requested, and I'll share with you his words uh, tomorrow, especially, every day, of course, but tomorrow, especially, uh, January 26th, as a worldwide day of prayer for peace in the Ukraine. Um, you know, I mean, I, sometimes I have to stop and, and wonder how stupid can we be as human beings? and not casting disparaging remarks about any individual leader in the world. But you have this, this enormous nuclear arsenal that can destroy the world ten times over. Why in the world would you ever even consider using them? Because you'll have nothing left, including yourself. Uh, but, you, you know, you have to, we have to stop and, and see the... the, the the action of the devil in the world, and, and it's, it's, I'm not overblowing it. I was on last night, you know, this uh, a couple of weeks ago, Cheryl had honors. Our guest actually was a repeated interview we did from back in November with Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, who is the author of uh, The Diary of an American Exorcist. He's an exorcist. And once a month now, he has a webinar where anybody attending the webinar uh, can pray with him these beautiful prayers of deliverance and healing. And uh, Cheryl had 40 hours last night up at St. Magdalene's, uh, so she, she couldn't be on the webinar with me. But I was home, and I, I, I uh, went to the webinar. Very powerful, because Father or Monsignor Rossetti was, was literally exercising on behalf of the people who were attending for whatever the needs were. Um, and, you know, we have to be aware, and as I've so often said, you know, we don't want to give the devil too much too much press, more than he deserves, but we have to be aware that he is very active in the world. I mean, we see there was a situation, I think, over the weekend where there were uh, um, pro-life demonstrations taking place in New York City, and at the same time, there were pro-abortion uh, advocates there. I mean, this is outside St. Patrick's Cathedral, spewing filthy, venomous uh, language at the, the pro-life individuals and, and shouting horrible things, and God loves abortion was one of the things they were shouting. I mean, the world has gone upside down in so many ways. And as I've talked often about, the division that is is occurring. Um, one thing that I, I came across uh, 
and it, I don't know why it's not getting more publicity, because I think this is huge. I think this should be headline news. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, who's been, been calling all the shots, no pun intended, uh, regarding our response to the pandemic, the CDC announced on the 20th of January, so just five days ago, a study they did in California and New York, major study conducted by the CDC, it's on their website, announcing that COVID-recovered individuals have better immunity against the Delta variant than those who are vaccinated. This is a CDC study that was released on the 20th of this month, just five days ago. And they showed the graph. Of course, unvaccinated individuals, they were the highest at risk. The second highest at risk, not nowhere near as high as the unvaccinated, but the next in line were those who were vaccinated, had two shots, either of the, of the Moderna or Pfizer or one shot of the Johnson & Johnson. Down on the bottom, almost a straight line across near zero, it wasn't zero, but near that, were individuals who recovered from COVID and did not receive the vaccine. Better protected against the Delta variant, and hence, even against, the the study doesn't say that, but logically, you have to imagine, against the Omicron. Why isn't this being publicized? Because there's such, you know, a, a, a division being being uh, created and for between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed and the. But you see, this is again, this is the devil getting his hand all over the things. He's just his fingerprints are all over the place, and now we have these threats of war, and and uh, they're saying that uh, China is going to wait until the Olympics are over. The Olympics be in China next week, whenever they start. And then they're going to go into Taiwan. I mean, this is creating just enormous disruption uh, and threats of of very serious uh, confrontations. Now, we, as the people of God, we, as the baptized, the, the, the brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have no weaponry. <laughs> man-made weaponry to protect ourselves or to get into the battle, but we have the biggest and best weapons in our prayers. The Holy Father is asking us tomorrow to pray for peace in the Ukraine, and we should be praying every day. You know, Cheryl uh, brought home a book the other day uh, she thought I would I would like, and I will like it. I haven't I'm to read it. It's it, written by Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, so it's over. the book is over 50 years old. Senator Kennedy was, of course, assassinated in 1968. But it's called 13 Days. And do you remember, if you're, and Cheryl doesn't remember because she's younger than I am, but I remember vividly 1962, those t- 13 days in October, when we were on the brink of nuclear war with Russia, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Do you remember that? I'm sure many of you do. If you're my age or older, you'll remember because Russia was putting nuclear missiles in Cuba, just 90 miles from our shores. And President Kennedy said, get them out of there. 
And thus the confrontation began, 13 days of uh, what's going to happen. But I was telling Cheryl, I said, I remember that. You know, She said, I think you would like this book. I said, I, I'm sure I will because I lived through that. <clears throat> I was in second grade. But I remember, and many of you do too, I'm sure, uh, I remember my parents gathered all of the children, and there were, at that time there were five of us because one was just, no, one was just about to be born. So there were four of us, and one was my, young, my, my brother who was four years younger than I, so he probably doesn't remember it. But there, at least my two older sisters and I and my parents, <clears throat> we were in our living room praying the rosary for peace under the uh, instruction of the Holy Father, at that time John the Twenty Third, and local bishops and priests. Catholic families were praying, praying, praying. And of course, thanks be to God, that, was, uh, that war was averted and the Russians finally got out of Cuba. But a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer being prayed. And I think we need to do the same thing now. The power of the rosary, you know, last night on this webinar with Monsignor Rossetti, the exorcist, he was talking about the power of the rosary. Um, so let's do that, and I'll share. Let me let me, let me tell the Holy Father what he actually said about tomorrow. Um, he called for a day of prayer for peace in the Ukraine tomorrow, the 26th. Holy Father said, I'm following with concern the increase of tensions that threaten to inflict a new blow to the peace in Ukraine and call into question the security of the European continent and wider repercussions. Pope Francis said, I make a heartfelt appeal to all people of goodwill that they may raise prayers to God Almighty that every political action and initiative may serve human brotherhood rather than partisan interests. Uh, the British government said that on January 22nd that Russia may be plotting to install a pro-Kremlin leader in the Ukraine's capital of Kiev. Holy Father said, those who pursue their own interests to the detriment of others disregard their human vocation as we were all created as brothers and sisters. For this reason, Pope Francis said, and with concern, given the current tensions, I propose that Wednesday, January 26th, be a day of prayer for peace. Um, and he, uh, well, then it went into his Angelus message, but um, I'll get to that in a second. So let's do that. Tomorrow, in whatever, if you can get to Mass in the morning or sometime during the day, that'd be great. A little extra, a little extra, you know, and, and uh, you know, we have the rosary on at 9.30 in the morning. We have it on again at 3.30 in the afternoon. Uh, pray it. If you can get to the radio, pray it and with Father Groeschel. And imagine, I always, you know, ever since we began doing this here on the radio at Domestic Church Media, I often think when that rosary is on, in the morning, or we've since put it on also in the afternoon. But I often thought initially when we were first putting it on at 9.30 in the morning, all the people who could be, could be praying at the same time the, the Holy Rosary and the power of that prayer, we have the power. We don't have a human military arsenal, but we have enormous weapons in our prayers, and especially the, the prayer of, of the Rosary and the Eucharist. So let's take advantage of that. You know, we're, we're seeing... 
uh, I think more now than ever in our lifetime, the enormous, we talk about division, but the enormous divide uh, between good and evil. It's, it used to be a, a shade of gray. Now it's very, very, uh, um, very clear what is good and what is evil. And we have the power. We have the power in our prayer, in our sacraments, in our sacrifices, in our, in our fasting. We have the, the spiritual power uh, greater than any of the, arsenal, the, the, the military arsenals that are out there and the military weapons. So let's use them. Uh, now, uh, he went on to say, after that, this is part of his angel's message, um, talking about the gospel reading, the first word of Jesus preaching recorded in the gospel of Luke, particularly when Jesus says, today this scripture has been fulfilled. Pope Francis said, let us dwell on this today. The word of God is always today. It begins with a today when you read the word of God. A today begins in your soul if you understand it well. And, of course, Sunday, the Holy Father declared uh, on, as Word of God Sunday, and he thanked those who preach and proclaim the gospel with fidelity and in a way that rouses hearts. He also addresses the problem of religious talks or homilies which are too generic or abstract. He says these are homilies which do not touch the soul and the life of the people, explaining that the reason this happens is because they lack the power of this today, what Jesus fills with meaning by the power of the Spirit, is today. And he says, yes, at times one hears impeccable conferences, well-constructed speeches, but they do not move the heart, and so everyone remains as before. Even many homilies, Pope Francis said, I say with respect but with pain, are abstract, and instead of awakening the soul, they put it to sleep. When the faithful start looking at their watches, when is it going to end? They put the soul to sleep. And the Holy Father encouraged everyone to read and reread a small passage of Scripture every day. He said, keep the gospel in your pocket or your bag to read it on your travels at any moment and read it calmly. In time, we will discover that these words are made especially for us, for our life. And so think, think about that. You, know, you can buy these little pocket uh, Bibles, little pocket New Testaments, and Holy Father saying, keep it with you. You know, we're very blessed uh, to be able to share with you our free domestic church media mobile app. You don't have to carry around a pocket New Testament because you have it right there in your app if you have the app. We have the entire Bible, but we have, I think it's a great way, a great, great, great uh, uh, practice to get into, especially if you can't get to Mass during the week. Uh, we have the daily Mass readings. So you can go to our app, go to the Mass readings, the readings of the day, and 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 you're, you're reading Scripture. And Holy Father is saying that we should be doing this every day. Read a small passage every day. Well, if you get into the habit of reading the uh, Mass readings of the day every day, that's a great blessing. The Holy Father said, The Word of God is indeed alive and effective, it changes us. It enters into our affairs. It illuminates our daily lives. It comforts and brings order. Remember, the Word of God transforms an ordinary day into the today in which God speaks to us. 
and Holy Father suggested that during this liturgical year, it would be good for Catholics to spend time in personal reflection on the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel proclaimed at Mass on Sundays. So there's a good starting point for you. He said, let us familiarize ourselves with the Gospel. It will bring us the newness of joy, uh, newness and joy of God, he said. So he's suggesting reading the Gospel of Luke. Well, you know, well, what, what, do we, what do we do in the evening after, after we eat, after we have dinner? You know, do you read a newspaper? You maybe put on the TV, find a news program you want to watch or a program you want to watch. Maybe a good practice to get in is, you know, before I do that or even before you go to sleep at night, you know, before I love to, to, to pray the night prayer, which has scripture in it, but it's the same, it's the same scripture every, every week. But how about starting off with a small passage from the Gospel of Luke? You know, making some time. Turn the TV off. <laughs> you know, and just open your Bible. Uh, you know, I remember hearing uh, the great uh, Cardinal Lorenze from, uh, I think, Nigeria, an African cardinal. <clears throat> One time, I used to listen to these uh, tapes Many years ago, because I was listening to cassette tapes, so it is a long time ago. But I had a cassette tape series of Cardinal Francis Lorenzi and Jerry Conacher. Now, you may that name may be familiar to some of you. Jerry Conacher and his wife Gwen both passed away. Now, God rest their souls. But they founded the Apostolate for Family Consecration 25, 30 years ago out in Ohio near Steubenville. And Jerry Conacher uh, recorded with this uh, wonderful Cardinal Francis Lorenzi a catechism series where Jerry Conacher and Cardinal Lorenzi were going through not the catechism as we know today, but the catechism of the present day when that was recorded uh, probably in, in uh, late 1980s. Um, but it's a wonderful series. I don't know if it's, it's, it's out still on, on DVD or in any of the format, but I used to listen to it back and forth to work. And Cardinal Lorenzi was saying at his, in his country in Africa, and I, again, I think it's Nigeria, um, some families, and maybe some families in this country too or any country around the world, he said they would have such great reverence for the Bible in their home, the Word of God, that they would enshrine it, really. It had a special place of prominence in the home as the Word of God. It wasn't just, you know, on a shelf somewhere. It had a place of prominence in this home, and people knew there's something special about this book that is God's Word. So, again, as, as we as Catholics you know, maybe become too accustomed to uh, not being as familiar with sacred scripture as our uh, Protestant brothers and some of our Protestant brothers and sisters are. We should be, because <laughs> it's God's word. So the year's still young. It's only the 25th day of the new year. Uh, and Holy Father is saying, you know, read a passage of the gospel every day. A good way to do that is either if you can get to Mass— but if you can't get to Mass, as I said, you get the free Domestic Church Media mobile app for your phone or tablet. The Mass readings are there every day for you. Um, if you are on our uh, 
uh, email list, and we send out every day uh, a, a program listing to everybody on our email list. Included in that is the listing for Mass that we have on at noon, and then I list uh, the uh, the uh, scripture for that day, the the first reading, the psalm response, and the gospel. And you can go to and you can read it. So there's many ways to do that, and we should be taking advantage of these opportunities, especially now, because we, you know, God will take care of His own. Uh, certainly, none of us wants to see a war, and none of us wants to see a war escalate into something that could obliterate the earth. But we also know that if we are faithful and we are close to the Lord, He will take care of us. It may not preserve us from from human death, but He'll be with us throughout whatever comes our way. And we stay close to God by regularly reading His Word and being drawn into the gospel and making the gospel today, as Pope Francis said, making it contemporary for us, making it a a part of who we are and and, and how we live our life. So wise words from our Holy Father. Don't forget now, tomorrow, the 26th, is the World Day of uh, World Day for Peace, uh, World Day of Prayer for Peace in the Ukraine. Uh, and um, so plan today how you're going to spend tomorrow, you know, uh, to prepare for that. I just think it's a wonderful opportunity, my friends, uh, for the world to come together in prayer, especially for this very, very important uh, cause for peace in the Ukraine. You know, there's just such an enormous threat right now. Uh, we have to do all that we can and use the power that we have, and that our power is prayer, uh, to avert that situation. So I'll take a break, and then when I come back, my brothers and sisters, uh, we're going to go to uh, talk about Santa uh, Francesco Romano, a 14, 15th century saint that had some interesting revelations. So stay where you are, my friends. There is certainly more to come right here on Come To Me. Don't go away. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. God created each one of us, but he had in mind, regardless of how we look from childhood to old age, we change physically, but we don't change in his mind. See? Why? Because God has a specific degree of union with him, holiness, we call it, for every one of you. And it's all different. See, we're all different. And we are called to be different because it glorifies God. He just doesn't make robots. Now, why you say, well, why are some holier than others? Well, that's your fault. It's not his fault. If we accept the good, the bad, and indifferent of every day, every day, we'll all be holy in a different way. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Man who's free to love is free to hate. He who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I were God, I would destroy evil. 
Well, if you did that, you would destroy human freedom. God will not destroy freedom. If we do not want any dictators on this earth, certainly we do not want any dictators in the kingdom of heaven. And those, therefore, who would blame God for allowing man freedom to go on hindering and thwarting his work are like those who, seeing blots and smudges and errors in the student's notebook, would condemn the teacher for not snatching away the book and doing the copy himself. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Teresa Tamio. Every time I go to Mass and see my husband serving on the altar as a deacon, it hits me how, with God, all things are possible. I mean, there is no way that we should be still married, number one, based on all the problems we had. But number two, the fact that I'm in Catholic media and my husband is a deacon is simply a testimony to the power of God and the teachings of the Church that saved our marriage and, more importantly, our souls. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio heard right here on Domestic Church Media weeknights at 5. Francis reminds us that it does not take a specialized degree in theology to become a great evangelist. We're all called to evangelize. Think about the woman at the well. After she encountered Jesus, she immediately went into the city and invited others to meet him as she had. You and I can go out now and do the same. And St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. Get involved today by contacting us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. My family left the church because of a, a, a very negative experience with a specific priest. And that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches and there were great Catholic churches and great priests, but we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was, I was cheated out a big part of my journey and my life uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's, that's basically where our, what our culture is all about right now is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It, it's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Bishop Robert Barron. Tolkien has reached out to, you know, Nordic culture and literature and Icelandic sagas and all sorts of things. He learned a lot about the good, the true, and the beautiful from his study of pre-Christian cultures. He used narrative forms that were accessible to the culture. He adapted that to evangelical purposes. So that shows you that flexibility. It shows you a certain um, creativity in the evangelical uh, art. He did not proselytize. Rather, he very delicately and indirectly and cleverly evangelized through the imagination so that someone taking in these great stories of Tolkien or his friend C.S. Lewis, they're going to say, oh yeah, I get that. I recognize that pattern. So that finally when they hear the gospel, they'll say, yeah, I understand that. I learned that from the Lord of the Rings. I learned that pattern from the Narnia stories. That was the genius of those fellas. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Well, 
Well, welcome back, my friends. Always a joy to be with you on these uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Today, January 5th, January 25th, 2021, the conversion of St. Paul. How fast has this month gone? 25th of January already, my goodness. Well, you know it'll be here before you know it. Spring. You know, this year, um, Lent starts a little later than usual. Lent starts the first week in March, which means Easter is the middle of April. But that means that our annual Spring Radiothon 2022 uh, will be taking place on April 6th, 7th, and 8th. April 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, Radiothon 2022. Our theme this year is We Are One Body. I want to build on the theme of being a unified body of Christ, not a divided one, a unified one. And, uh, you know, the Radiothon that we have every spring is the biggest fundraiser, the major fundraiser that we have every year, so we count on you to uh, help us out. So I'm just asking you at least now to pray. Nobody's asking you for anything right now. (laughs) But to pray that people do respond as we uh, uh, put the call out uh, to support this work. And, you know, I'm, I, I know we have some, some wonderful pastors out there who listen to the program, uh, members of prayer groups and things, uh, Knights of Columbus councils. Um, I ask you to pray about it and maybe what you could do as a parish, as a group, as a prayer group, as an organization uh, to help us. You know, we're very blessed, and I say this humbly, because it's not because of me, but because of what the Lord does, to have Catholic radio in the area, to have a place where you can go, no matter how you listen or watch, and there's so many ways to do that now, uh, whether it's on your actual radio or on your mobile device or on your streaming audio or your tablet or your phone or your Amazon Echo or Google Home device, no matter how you do it, um, you participate because hopefully here you do find a haven of hope, a beacon of light that guides you into the safe harbor of the heart of our Lord. Uh, it's so important right now, you know, so important. So keep those dates. Save the date, as they say. Save the dates in this case. April 6th, 7th, and 8th, our Spring Radiothon 2022. We are one body. So... You know, we're putting it together now, and uh, hopefully it'll be a, a big, big success. Okay, so let's do this. Let's go to, let me go back to the other screen here. Well, I found, this is on Spirit Daily today, actually, too, uh, how various demons attack. And I guess, I'm, you know, as I said, I, I don't like to give the devil too much press, but we have to be aware of his presence because the devil exists and the devil is very active and the devil is very smart and the devil is very powerful. No, certainly no, he's not more powerful than God, but he's powerful and he's very intelligent. You know, he's a fallen angel and he can come at us in, in wily ways the different types of demons attack people with the different temptations they put on them. The demons are organized and very efficiently 
I'm sorry, are organized very efficiently to tempt human beings. And they do it like a relay race. A demon does the work for which he is an expert. Now remember, there's no sin in temptation. A temptation isn't a sin because they're going to come our way. They come they, they pretty much nonstop, don't they? It's only how we respond to it. So a demon does the work for which he is an expert. And then when the person is mature, he hands over the post to another so that he is in charge of following and so on in a chain like that. This was revealed to St. Francesca Romana, Santa Francesca Romana, who was even shown what the temptation is at each stage when a person is moving away from God and is on the way to perdition and the demons that direct these attacks. So this article that I found in Spirit Daily talks about the visions that Francesco Romana had about purgatory, demons, and hell, and the process of tempting people so that you have knowledge with the aim of defending yourself. Temptations will come. That's a fact. And in our weaker moments, they come even stronger because the devil knows. And he knows our weaknesses. So between the 14th and 15th century, this Santa Francesca Romana, or Fra- Francesca Romana, who's listed as the most Roman of the saints, very, came from a very pious, noble family, uh, wanted to be a religious but was forced to marry. She became an exemplary wife and had three children. Uh, St. Francesca founded the Oblates of Mary became a widow three years before her death and became a nun um, in the Tordespecchi monastery that she had founded. She had a lot of supernatural gifts. She naturally gave off a perfume that smelled like a mixture of lilies and roses. It's a natural uh, uh, saintly aroma. Um, also sometimes gave off an unearthly glow, they say. St. Francesca had the gift of recognizing the objects that were blessed and those that were not. She also received supernatural knowledge about things and people. Sounds kind of like a Padre Pio, doesn't she? Uh, Two, she had the gift of prophecy, the gift of discerning spirits, and the gift of counsel, which she used to convert sinners and lead the deviant to the right path. When she meditated on the Passion of Christ— She felt the pains that the Lord had experienced. And on Christmas Eve in the year 1433, she had the joy of receiving the child Jesus in her arms. Imagine that. Imagine that, to have that great, great blessing, especially on Christmas Eve, to be able to receive in your arms the child Jesus. When she died in 1413, I'm sorry, when her son died in 1413, she appeared to him with a young man of the same size but much more beautiful. And he told her that he was the archangel that the Lord had spent to assist her in her earthly pilgrimage. He would help her with everything. And that spirit radiated such light that Francesca could read or work at night without any difficulty 
as if it were daytime. So this wonderful angel that that was her angel to protect her, um, that the Lord sent to assist her, gave off light at night that she could read and write without having any other light. Uh, it lit the way for her when she needed to go out at night, and with that light she could see the uh, intimate thoughts of hearts. She had many visions about the afterlife. So again, a lot of Padre Pio similarities here, right? Uh, she was taken to purgatory and said that neither horror nor disorder nor despair nor eternal darkness reigns there as in hell. She was told that this place of purification was also called the Inn of Hope. I-N-N of Hope. How about that? The Inn of Hope. But she saw their suffering souls and also the guardian angels who visited them and assisted them in their sufferings. So that's a comforting thought, isn't it? To know that if we have to spend some time in purgatory, our angel will come to assist us in our sufferings, comfort us. She was also taken to heaven, where she understood something of the essence of God. But what is most striking about Francesca Romana's visions are those she experienced of hell and the activity of demons. But let me get to, I'm going to stop there for a second, because I was when she talked about she had the vision of heaven. Um, I saw the trailer, and it says from the year 2014. I don't remember seeing the movie, but the movie uh, Heaven is for Real. This little boy who apparently died uh, had an, a near, you know, a, a death experience and came back and talks all about what he saw in heaven. And is comforting people who who are near death. And I, I saw the trailer; it, it kind of gave me goosebumps. So I want to go find that movie. If you saw it, uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, sounds like heaven is for real. And it's in 2014. I don't remember seeing it, but anyway. Um, so she was given these visions uh, of of uh, the experience of hell and the activity of demons. First of all, Francesca was informed that the angels who fell into sin were one-third. The other two-thirds persevered. Um, and it says in this article I'm sharing with you, this is an important word to keep in mind, perseverance. So we know that when Lucifer refused to serve, non serviat, I will not serve, that he was cast out of heaven and took a third of the angels with him, who are the demons. But these fallen angels were differentiated into three groups— so of the fallen angels, one-third were the ones who really rebelled against God and are in hell to torment the damned. They are the ones who followed Lucifer. They do not come out of the abyss except with the permission of God and when it comes to producing a great calamity to punish the sins of men. Again, only as God permits. And we know that God permits evil. Always, always, always to bring about a greater good. And these are the worst of the demons, St. Francisca said. The other two-thirds of the fallen angels are the ones who did not take sides between God and Lucifer, but kept silent. One-third live in the air and the others on the ground. Those that are in the air frequently cause phenomena in nature. Frosts, storms, noises, wind, floods, earthquakes, etc., and which they, with which they weaken the souls attached 
to matter, leading them to inconsistency and fear, inducing them to faint in faith and to doubt divine providence. Interesting. You know, I'm finding, are you finding when it comes to the pandemic that you can almost you can almost tell a person's the depth of a person's faith no matter what that might be but the depth of a person's relationship with god by how they respond to not everybody but majority of people i think to the pandemic i don't know i just i just think that there's something I, I don't believe the devil is is the source of the COVID virus and the subsequent variants, but I think the devil and the demons ha- are certainly using it to their advantage through things like fear, inconsistencies, um, doubting in divine providence, and, and Sister Francesca said that because when providence is mistrusted, this is when all the temptations come. And when there were very strong storms in the air, St. Francesca resorted to lighting blessed candles and sprinkling holy water, claiming that they were the best remedy against this type of storm. Now, I mentioned to you I was on this seminar last night, a webinar with uh, Monsignor Rossetti, the exorcist, and he was talking about the power of the sacramentals blessed salt, holy water, uh, blessed candle. Um, You know, you should have a blessed candle in your house in addition to blessed salt, holy water, these and other sacramentals like your medals and your rosaries. Um, Because they they will offer you protection um, against these types of, of temptations and attacks. And the other third of the demons are those that circulate among us who have the mission of tempting us, having previously been weakened by the demons of the air. Uh, The demons that are strong, I'm sorry, the demons that are among us belong to the last choir of angels, to the same choir as the guardian angels. That is, they have the same power. So like the antithesis of a guardian angel. Each person has a guardian angel and an anti-guardian angel by his side, who is a demon of perdition. That is a demon of the earth. You know, we used to remember the cartoons uh, many, many years ago. We used to watch Looney Tunes, whatever they were. And the devil probably loves it, but they would create, you know, on the left shoulder sat the devil whispering in that ear to do bad things. And on the right shoulder sat your good angel getting you to do good things and to fight the temptation. Life is a struggle, right, between good and evil, doing good, doing evil. Well, this is this revelation according to St. Francesca. Now, this is a private revelation, but she is a saint. Um, said that we know we have guardian angels, but she said we also have an anti-guardian angel, a demon who is at our side, called the demon of perdition, the demon of the earth. All, all fallen demons see each other, whether they are in hell, in the air, or on the earth. They experience the fire of hell and punish each other, she said. But the demons of the older choirs are the ones who suffer the most. And when the final judgment comes, 
all of them will be thrown into hell for all eternity. St. Francesca related that the process of temptation uh, carried out by demons is as follows. It begins with distrust in God. So think about this in your own temptations. It begins with the distrust in God, then passes to pride, continues with impurity, reaches greed, and ends in idolatry. She said that as soon as trust in God is weakened, the devil inspires a person with pride. And when pride has increased, our weakness, the demons of the flesh, come and fill our spirits. Then when the demons of the flesh have further weakened a person, the demons in charge of the crimes of money arrive. And when this demon of money has further reduced the person's resources of resistance, the demons of idolatry come to complete what the others have started. And so the complete collapse of the soul occurs through successive waves of demons that attack it. Now, these are the extremes. But I was thinking about this, not this particular uh, revelation, but about our situation in our world today. And we hear and read about all the deception, all the deceit, all the, you know, the deep state, the evil that seems to exist. And how could people go to that low level? If you, but if you follow this pattern of what St. Francesca is talking about, you can almost see it in certain individuals, public individuals that we know about. Um, Francesca knew, according to the temptation, that the person was undergoing what type of fallen angel was attacking, which choir it belonged to. And when a demon succeeds in causing a soul to be lost, it becomes another man's tempter. But he is more skillful than the first time, drawing on the experience that gave him victory. But when a soul is saved, the tempting demon is outwitted by the other demons and brought before Lucifer, who inflicts a special punishment on him, distinct from his other tortures. But that is not the greatest suffering they have. They suffer most terribly by seeing a public act of virtue. They suffer more from seeing the good than from all the torments of hell. And all of this is commanded by Lucifer, who is the prince of all demons. An angel of the highest choir of seraphim, which somehow God uses to punish demons and the damned, his characteristic vice is pride. Below him are three other princes. The first is Asmodeus, whose characteristic is the vice, uh, vices of the flesh and was the chief of the cherubim. The second called Maman and is characterized by the vice of avarice and was from the choir of thrones. And the third called Beelzebub from the choir of dominations and handles the vice of idolatry and uh, diviners and sorcerers. And that demon has the mission of spreading darkness over rational creatures. And in short, St. Francesca says, during the time of Christianity there lived uh, this beautiful saint with many supernatural gifts. She was told that although souls suffer in purgatory, it's a place of hope where guardian angels comfort each, uh, guardian angels comfort each soul. And it was unveiled to her that the third of the angels that fell are divided into these three parts. Um, and this isn't to scare anybody, and this isn't Catholic doctrine, of course. 
It's a private revelation to a saint from the 15th century uh, who I'd never heard of, but who had all of these enormous and supernatural gifts. My, I guess my point in sharing this with you is that we have to be aware of the evil in the world. And we have the power by God's grace over the evil in the world. One thing that uh, Monsignor Rossetti was talking about last night on this webinar that I was on, he as an exorcist, he said, we shouldn't ourselves as lay people command demons. That's the priest has that power. We go to the Lord, and the Lord has power over demons. Go right to Jesus. You know, and, and I do believe, my brothers and sisters, in this world in which we live today, there is enormous demonic activity. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. We can see it in so many areas of life today. We saw it, as I said, over the weekend where these, these pro-abortion protesters were, sh- were just shouting, cursing, screaming at the, the pro-life individuals, but, but yelling vile things at them. That's from hell. We see the threats of war. We see what man can do to man. And, and how we treat the, the murderers, the, the, the violence, the, the disruption in the world today. This comes from evil. And so we, as brothers and sisters of, in the Lord, we who are disciples of Jesus, we have the power. We have the power in our prayer, in our sacrifices, in our fasting, in our sacramentals, in our sacraments uh, to overcome that. So again, just to, you can go go to spiritdaily.com. Now, all, everything I just shared with you is on there. Uh, you can check it out yourself. Okay, have a great day. I'll be back tomorrow, God willing, and uh, I'll see you then. So have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Trust in me.